Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Alex Robinson, the online editor of Field and Stream, and this is the Field and Stream Adventures podcast. This is Field and Stream's very first podcast, a seven-part series called Paddling Quetico. We're following a canoe trip through Quetico Provincial Park, a huge wilderness area along the Minnesota-Ontario border, spanning more than one million acres. Me and three others. I'm Steph Shelton. My name's Ben Romans. My name is Maddie Mahon. Recruited Moose Tracks Adventures to help us gather up a week's worth of gear and secure a float plane to drop us off in the middle of nowhere, Canada. Then we'd paddle and portage through Quetico back to the U.S. in just seven days. We're following this trip day by day, so if you haven't heard the first three episodes, go back and get all caught up. In last week's episode, we just hammered the smallmouth bass. Oh, he sounded. Just the same, one after the other. It's awesome. And we're all riding high from the gorgeous view, the perfect weather, and an evening spent eating fried fish and drinking whiskey. And then, just like that, the party was over. Today promised to be a lot more work. The theme for this week is portaging. It might as well be suffering. What is portaging, you might ask? Let's turn to Ben. You're kind of like our resident expert in Quetico history and identification. So tell us about portages. Where does that word come from? Where does it originate? What does it mean? Actually, Alex, I believe you're pronouncing it wrong. It's actually portage. And that's a German word. It means to carry heavy, large, blocky things on your back through swamp and stone. It's an old world dialect, old country. You wouldn't understand it. Okay, so maybe that's not the exact definition. But basically what we have to do is carry all of our gear on our backs over unknown terrain to the next waterway. Luckily, though, we had Kevlar canoes, which meant that each one only weighed about 45 pounds, far less than the old-school aluminum ones. They're a lot more expensive, but when you're a mile into your portage with the yoke driving into your shoulders, every dollar seems worth it. We also had hundreds of pounds of gear. Think three tents, cooking supplies, photo equipment, video equipment, audio equipment, fishing gear, and then the general backcountry gear. As we packed up our canoes in the morning, we talked about what we'd expect to encounter later in the day. I'm not that stressed about portaging. I I don't know what to expect, honestly. I I know that this is a, a word that that people are associating with something that I will not like. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll be okay. I'm looking at the map, and it sort of looks like it's just, compared to the water, it looks like a really short distance. So we'll see. I know this much. Portaging is never fun. Usually it's just like something that you have to get through. So you kind of just you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and try to get through it. It looks like we have a handful of portages um, that don't seem like too far, but um, you never know like what the terrain could be. Um, we have a ton of gear, so that's going to make it hard. There's no way we're going to make a portage in one trip. It's going to be at least two. Um, so that's going to be a bummer. Honestly, we're just going to have to see when, when we get out there. I eat portages for breakfast. I've, uh, I've carried actually full-size Lund boats over portages, like with 50, 60 horsepower motors, full tanks of gas, and, uh, you know, this canoe stuff, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, featherweight stuff, but um, I don't know. I'll probably take two of them over at a time, wait to see what the other group brings over. Hopefully they bring, I don't, 
Maybe they'll bring me lunch. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, after that, we'll see. I'll probably paddle into the wind, 60 miles. We'll set up camp. Good to go. Portage another one. So we paddled down through Canippi and made it to our first portage, and it was easy. Piece of cake. We even got in some casts near a beautiful rapid. Quick side note here. Whenever you see a deep pool beneath the rapids in Quetico, take a minute and make a couple casts. On the way to our next portage, I positioned Staff in front of such a pool, and on her first cast, she stuck a nice smallmouth. It was awesome. We had dinner, but also one more thing to portage. When we got to the next spot, we could already tell it was going to be ugly. The map showed it at a length of about 100 rods. A rod equals 16 feet. But we had a hard time even finding the entry point. The heavy rains had flooded out the trail, and every step you took could land you in shin-deep water. The mosquitoes were waiting for us, and there was no way to swat them with our hands full of gear. And good God did we have the gear. Everyone carried big packs, arms full of rods and paddles, not to mention the canoes themselves. You're going to take the canoe, huh? All right. I'll bring a load. All right, I'm going to strap up with the food bag. It's a hell of a bag. Oh. We made it through the rocky, tiny path one at a time, but then we had to go back and then back again. It took more than three trips to carry all of our stuff, well over an hour. And when we got to the end of the portage, it still didn't look right. We realized the map was wrong, or at least it hadn't been updated in a while. We had to ford a creek and keep portaging on the other side. And that side, well, it was even worse and longer. And by the end of it, we were all wrecked. So we just finished our big portage, and everyone's feeling a little wrecked by it, I think. Steph, how are you? Yeah, wrecked is a good way to describe how I'm feeling right now. Um, I was telling Alex, I can just, I'm just really aware of every muscle in my entire body. I just feel a little bit sore all over. I'm just trying to rest right now. I'm laying on a bed of pine needles and a big rock in my back and I don't even care. I just need to rest for a second. I think we've really gotten better though, I said this to Ben, uh, in terms of like how we portage. Like the first time we each were taking like one little bag and a paddle and being like, whatever, like <laughs> we've just gotten better at loading up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to do it again. You don't want to make another trip. Especially the other thing is on the first portage, the mosquitoes were awful. We were just getting drilled. And when you're... When you're carrying a canoe, you can't, like, swat them off. And you can put on all the bug spray you want, but the sweat and water washes it off. Um, so you get drilled on those portages. Ben, how are you? How was the portage stuff for you? You're very quiet, which is suspicious. No, it was actually, the first one was exactly how Alex said. It wasn't uh, that it was, uh, well, it just always feels like every step you're going to take, your legs are going to shoot out from underneath you and a canoe is going to come crashing down on top of you or a pack or something like that. And uh, like Steph said, you're really cognizant of every move you make because you don't want something to happen. We're actually this close to finishing it and completing it, and it would be a shame to end it on a sour note. Two portages down, one to go. When we got to the final portage of the day, we were tired but determined. It was the longest one yet, but it seemed to be higher ground and, thankfully, drier. And then, when we got to the end of it, an unexpected sight. Other people. And they looked to be having an easier time than us. It was a group of old-timers, and they seemed to have mastered the art of working smarter, not harder. For example, one of the canoes had oars mounted about three-quarters of the way to the bow, 
One guy sat in the front and rode. The other guy sat in the back and paddled from the rear, steering. They absolutely cruised across the water. My name's Rob Wainer. And Rob, how long have you been coming up to Quetico? 32 years every other year with my dad. Starting when? I was 13 years old. It was 1983. What's the most memorable time you've had so far this trip, or just generally, I guess? Had a hummingbird that uh, I was wearing a yellow bandana, and the hummingbird came close, so close to my face that I had to close my eyes and wait till it dispersed. And why do you like coming up here? What is it about Quetico? The hardness of the trip. You get to endure whatever this place deals out with, uh, with you. Fishing. The fishing is supreme up here. So those reasons. And what's your advice for someone who comes to Quetico for the first time? Work out before you come. Make sure you're ready. Rob's right. It sucks to be in the middle of a portage, to be wet and swarmed by bugs. But somehow the hardship of a portage makes all the good things about this trip even better. It turns fried walleye into the best fish you've ever had. It makes you smile just putting on a pair of dry socks. And it makes an old log next to a campfire just about the most comfortable place in the world. So when we made it to another beautiful campsite that night, we appreciated every last rod that we had slogged over earlier in the day. We brought too much stuff, I think. I mean, it's hard to say um, until you get all the way through, but I feel like I have too much fishing gear, first of all. Um, I have too many clothes, probably, um, at least so far. Mm -hmm. And also we have like too much other like miscellaneous gear. I don't think I realize how much I bring until <laughs> until it gets loaded into the boat off the plane and then you have to paddle it and then you have to portage it and then after you walk you know through the fourth portage it starts to get heavy and you start to really evaluate what you brought and what you really need and uh boy i yeah between food and fishing gear I, pro I would probably slim down quite a bit. I thought we were getting so much better at portaging by the end of it. Not like, just we that were. we were way better. We were willing to carry a lot more. Like the first time I was like, I can only take this backpack and these shoes. Second time I was like, strap me up with something and then like put something else on me and like anything else, you know? No, and I think it's, I think it's what we talked about at the beginning of the trip. Like on your third day, everybody starts to find a groove. And yeah, by the third portage, we were we were flying. Unfortunately, that was the longest and hard, hardest portage. You figure out that you can do more than what you think you can. You know, like you, this trip pushes your limits. And um, you look at two big canoe bags and you're like, ah, I can't carry both of those. And then you get to your third portage and you're like, I'm gonna carry both of those things because I don't want to go back and get it again. So you find out that you can do a lot more than what you thought you could before the trip started. I mean, even those big bags, I was like, Steph and I, like, we're never going to touch these bags. Like, that. we're never going <laughs> to have anything to do with those bags. And you can carry one of those bags. Right. You just put it on you, you strap it on, like, whatever. You can make you it work. Walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way. We've come a long one. way. Damn, by night six, I'm going to be, like, carving sculptures into tree trunks. <laughs> <laughs> so we crushed our portages and earned some bruises and bragging rights along the way. But next, we'll have to deal with Lake Agnes, a 21-mile beast that will take us at least a day to conquer. And that's if we have favorable wind. Eight hours of solid paddling. As our outfitter Jim had warned us, Try to plan that push down Agnes, because this can be a bear. Mm. It can be a real mm -hmm. challenge. Yeah. Because you have such a long fetch if you have a south wind yeah. or if you have a north wind. If it's, you're looking at 20-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah. It gets rolling pretty good. Oh. Yeah. 
rudely. Yeah, it's no fun. <laughs> yeah. So tune in next week when we take on Lake Agnes. It's just a big day of paddling followed by a big day of paddling followed by a big day of paddling for seven days, which starts to add up. It really starts to add up. This podcast is brought to you by Thermocell. Thermocell camp lanterns provide 300 lumens of light and keep mosquitoes, black flies, and no seams at bay. Check them out at thermocell.com slash mosquito dash repellent. And also Moose Track Adventures, providing guide services and outfitting to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area and Quetico Provincial Park. Find them at moosetrackadventures.com. This Field and Stream podcast was produced by myself and Maddie Mahon. And now, for your Ben Romans moment of the week. A 20. 20. 20. Luke, I am your father.